This is going to sound kind of strange, but my vocation to the priesthood was a fruit of boredom. Yes, as a suburban kid, there were times during the summer especially that I got bored. And I remember one summer picking up a magazine off the coffee table in the living room, and it happened to be a magazine on the Mary Knoll missionaries. These are missionaries that go to South America and Africa and help the poor. And I began thumbing through the magazine, and the ultimate questions of life began to surface for me. Where is my life heading? What's the purpose of my life? And I felt this desire welling up in my heart that I want to do something meaningful. I want to do something beautiful for Jesus. Maybe I could be a priest. Maybe I could help the poor. Well, Thomas Kirsten wrote the book, Disconnected. It's a book about how technology is impacting our children. And this is what he says about boredom. Remember those rainy days in the summer when you paced around the house trying to figure out what to do? Yes, those feelings of boredom. Now listen to this. Kirsting says, boredom is to your brain what weightlifting is to your muscles. That's right. Boredom is the mental fertilizer that the mind so desperately needs. If you want another source for this, I would refer you to Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I saw the movie Christopher Robbins. And in the movie, Pooh says, doing nothing often leads to the very best something. Sometimes when we slow down and reflect and ponder life, God inspires the very best something. Isn't it interesting that we see in the first reading that God called Samuel while he was sleeping, seemingly doing nothing. In the world's terms, when we're sleeping, we're not being very productive. But that's precisely when Samuel heard God's voice. A seminary professor used to ask us, do you ever waste time with Jesus? Do you ever just hang out with the Lord? Isn't that what we see happening in the gospel? These two disciples followed Jesus, and it said they stayed with him that day. They simply hung out with the Lord. A big part of prayer is just being with the one that we love, hanging out with Jesus, being attentive to his presence, listening to him. Sadly, for many today, we don't hear God's voice because we're not listening. We're afraid of silence. Or when boredom comes, we so easily distract ourselves. We pick up our technology. Pope Francis has said, we get on this endless treadmill of activity anesthetized by all the distractions of the world. In order to hear God's voice, we have to slow down and enter into the silence. We have to be comfortable at times with boredom. Mother Teresa said the beginning of prayer is silence. Now, here's the good news. Jesus is still calling us today. I want to walk through the gospel now and see how the call of Jesus is played out in our lives here and now. Okay, first, the call begins with an encounter with Jesus. Archbishop Nauman for Christmas gave all the priests a book by Father Cantilla Mesa. He's the preacher for the papal household. And in the book, he says, so often we treat Jesus just like some historical figure among many. Kind of like we would treat Jesus like George Washington. Okay, maybe you're an American history buff and maybe you've read lots of books about George Washington. You know a lot about George Washington's life. We says the temptation is to kind of treat Jesus as just a historical figure. Yeah, he lived 2,000 years ago. I know a lot about him. I read a lot about Jesus. What's the difference? 
Father Canton La Mesa reminds us, Jesus is alive. He's risen. And so we can encounter Jesus here in the year 2021. Jesus rose from the dead and is now present in the spirit. This new presence, Father Canton La Mesa says, is even stronger and more real than his physical presence. In fact, his spiritual presence is better than his physical presence, precisely because it's internal, not external. And thanks to this, Christ is not only beside us, but dwells within us. This is how close Jesus wants to be to us. He wants to dwell in our souls. And so we can encounter Jesus in the silence of our heart, and he can inspire today thoughts, feelings, desires. This is how Jesus first called me. He put a desire on my heart for the priesthood. So first, we encounter. We encounter Jesus in the silence. Then we respond. Jesus invited the disciples to come and see, and then the choice was theirs. We have an amazing gift on our free will. Jesus is never going to force the issue. <laughs> He's going to let us respond. The most important decision we make in our lives is our response to the invitation of Jesus to come and see, to come and follow me. Interesting, in the gospel, it says this happened about 4 p.m. Why 4 o'clock? I think because the disciples, looking back, realized, wow, that was the moment our lives changed. When we responded to the invitation of Jesus, we were never the same. And that happened at 4 o'clock. Okay, what happened next? The disciples stayed with Jesus that day. Being a disciple is similar to being an apprentice. Okay, apprenticeship was commonplace in the Middle Ages. And when you were an apprentice, you actually would move in and stay with the master. This would often occur for about seven years and you would live with the master. You would watch and observe the master. You would imitate the master. You would be absorbed in the master's life. There used to be an old commercial showing these golfers out on a driving range and they're all terrible hooking and slicing the ball and then Tiger Woods gets up to the driving range and he begins hitting these perfect drives. Well, the driver next to him, the golfer next to him begins observing and watching Tiger Woods and before you know it, he too begins hitting perfect drives. Well, then the next person begins watching and observing those two, and he too begins hitting perfect drives. And before you know it, everybody in this kind of rhythm, like a symphony, is hitting perfect drives. Well, this is what discipleship is supposed to be like. If we're going to be like Jesus and imitate our Lord, we have to move in with him, where we observe him and watch him. We have to spend time with Jesus. This is our call again to prayer, to really schedule quality time, to come to know Jesus, immerse yourself in the gospel, ponder the life of Jesus. We also encounter Jesus in the sacraments. We gotta be drawing close to Jesus in the sacraments if we wanna be configured to him. Do you know every time we receive Holy Communion, we become more like what we receive. We become more like Jesus. We have these living encounters with the Lord today in our prayer, in the sacraments. And it's there that we are configured to be more like Jesus. Finally, the last step of discipleship 
Andrew stayed with the Lord, and then he ran and told his brother Peter. There was this excitement. He couldn't contain himself. Come and see. Come and meet the person that has changed my life. You see, once we come to know the Lord and experience the power of Jesus in our lives, we too are called to make disciples. It can be as simple as extending the invitation. Come and see. Come and see the person that's changed my life.